The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a fantasy NBA dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller. Hey, Rhett, how are we doing today? We got some preseason NBA basketball. It's finally here, and I'm, I'm doing my best to overreact to all these preseason games. Yes, Andre Drummond has jumped up about 150 <laughs> spots in our dynasty <laughs> rankings. He is now a solid third-round pick. No, uh, we will not be overreacting to preseason basketball, but there is some news that we do need to react to. And first and foremost, Andrew Wiggins got vaccinated, which we said we weren't going to talk about with Steven Vitovich when we had him on, and we didn't want to talk about it, but it does matter. And anybody who asked me about Wiggins, I told them, whether it was through Discord or DM, that they should be buying low on him because I didn't believe that it would actually end up that Wiggins missed games because a lot of people have commented on Twitter. It's like, yeah, he started doing the research with a calculator and started looking into what 41 missed games was and that salary difference uh, may have swayed him. And th- that may be true. And somebody was trying to tell me that Wiggins had zero value before he got vaccinated. So that's where people were at. He was going undrafted in some redraft leagues, which makes absolutely no sense. So if you were an Otto Porter Jr. holder, hoping that that would have some value, that's probably not going to be the case anymore. Yeah, it's it, that's 100% accurate. He, he definitely had somebody in his ear saying, this is about how much money you're going to be uh, leaving on the table here. And that's probably what swayed him more than anything else. But regardless, it's good to have him on the court. He's a player I, li- I really like to watch. Um, and he's a, he's a big part of that team, and they really need him, especially on the defensive end. Absolutely. Next piece of news is Chris Boucher has a fractured finger, and Nick Nurse says he will be out at least three to four weeks. And in case you guys had not checked the box scores from the Raptors preseason game, it seems like Precious Achua might get the starting nod in lieu of Chris Boucher being out there. I'm sure it's one preseason game. I'm sure Kim Birch is going to be out there, but without Pascal Siakam and now Chris Boucher, Precious is going to have some time to get out there on the floor. This is a player they really liked. They targeted him in that Lowry trade. Uh, Everything that I've heard out of Raptors camp has been just super high on him, the energy that he brings and the type of player that he can be. And as you mentioned, Boucher, he'll probably only miss maybe the first week of the season, maybe two weeks there, but that's I mean, that's all Precious really needs to to just kind of get his foot in the door, so to speak, and get those minutes early on. And that's how you break into the rotation. And uh, with Siakam out as well, there's opportunity is there in that front court. Without a doubt. And it's still yet to be seen what direction the Raptors might take this year because it, they could be cautious with Boucher. He's out the first two, three weeks of the season. And then Precious gets even more run and solidifies himself in that rotation. So, We have been talking about team recaps and we're still going to do team recaps today, but instead of doing like actual NBA teams, we're going to talk about the mock draft that that some of you just contributed to. So Travis and I just did a punt intended 12 team dynasty mock draft, and we thought it would make sense for us to talk about our first five picks, break down the thought process and everything to go along with that as a way to give you an idea of what's going through our heads as we draft these teams in 12 team leagues. Yeah. And thanks for all those participants that helped us out with this mock draft, had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, took a little bit longer than I think both of us anticipated, but 
Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I always love doing a mock draft and I'm so glad we get to break this down here on the pod for everybody. So I randomized the order because of course you do. And I got the fourth pick, which I was upset about because I knew that that meant I was likely going to take Giannis and build my 37,000th punt three free throw team in these mock drafts for the summer. I put in the chat, I was like, Hey, Papa Roy, if you want to not take cat three and take Giannis, I wouldn't be upset. And he said, okay, got you. And then he took cat three. So (laughs) instead of taking Jason Tatum at four, which would be disingenuous because Giannis is the fourth best dynasty asset. I just went ahead and did it. I set my cue and then we can move on to Travis's pick. Yeah. And, and I mean, for, for me, I know we were talking about maybe just, just trading picks so we can both do a little bit different than what we normally do. And I planned on doing a little bit different than what I normally you did. Do. So I, I had the seventh pick in this mock draft, which in my head uh, coming in, it was going to be between Zion or bam, more than likely going to be bam, according to our ranks. And all of a sudden Trey young falls to me and I couldn't pass him up. And there, nope. there goes my, uh, my punt field goal, punt block build. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Zion went six. Tatum did go five. And so before this started, I said, you know what? Watch Trey Young fall to you at seven. And then we both end up building the exact teams that we always talk about building. And that's, that's what happened. So notable pick in the first round, Zion going six, not crazy. Brad Beal going eight was a little bit early, but the explanation there from Allen was that he wanted some durability and more win now, which I, while also still being like kind of youngish. So I kind of get that. Uh, James Harden almost fell out of the first round. He went at the turn, pick 12, and then Damian Lillard pick 13. Another surprise pick in the second round was Anthony Davis going 16, which it's just one bad year for AD. And now apparently he's not even a top 15 dynasty asset in a lot of these drafts. Trav, do you think that we're overreacting to last year and like underselling what or undervaluing what AD can be? Yeah, absolutely. It it's a huge overreaction from what he did last year. Now, obviously, with AD, that the biggest concern is, is always his health. Uh, but man, as a per game player, he's he's been top five. I want to say like the last four to five years, um, at, at least a, top ten. I know for sure. Uh, just an incredible talent. And this year, we've been hearing it more and more that he's going to be playing a lot more center, whether he likes it or not. And that's really where his true value lies is, is when he's at the center, he can grab the rebounds, get more blocks um, and still a player that can stretch the floor. So I, I don't, I don't know how that team will probably, in my opinion, is going to take some time to gel. And, and that's kind of what the Lakers are all about in the regular season is trying to get hot and gel and get hot towards the end of the season at the right time and get everybody healthy. So that's a little bit of a concern with AD is, is the health and how much he's going to sit. But, Man, as a, on a per game basis, and, and somebody that when I know AD is going to be playing more of the five, I, I just love that. And he's definitely slipping a little bit too far. It kind of goes to who those picks are before him because at the back end of the first round, you've got guys like Bam and LaMelo. And so at that point, you're kind of leaning more towards the youth side of things. And that's why guys like Cade and Shea went ahead of him is to be a more cohesive timeline with that so in that sec part of things it does make a little bit more sense but just a quick aside Jonas Nadir posted on Twitter earlier today that Anthony Davis over the last nine seasons last year he was 28 
AD's rookie season, he was 25th overall. Seven years between that, his worst finish was fifth. Second, second, first, second, fifth, first, second. That is the fantasy game that Anthony Davis has. Obviously, that's per game, so you can get into the totals and we can argue about that. But, man, Anthony Davis is good. He's he's very good. And and one thing that's really interesting, I want to kind of throw this at you, and I, I know what your opinion is going to be. But in a lot of the mocks that we've done, we see Joel Embiid going inside the top 10 pretty often. But we never see AD go inside the top 10. Or it's pretty rare that he's inside the top 10. He always seems to be in that. In that like 11 to 14 range is do you why, kind of why is that and I, I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on why you think that is is it just is it just that last season does that have that much influence on us I would say so yeah it, it, especially in redraft Joel is going ahead of AD and it makes absolutely no sense to me like by four or five spots because uh, frankly I'm going to be hard-pressed to take either of them but AD has a history of being just a per game and totals monster in a way that I don't think Embiid does because yes, AD gets nicked up, but I'm pretty sure Embiid you can pencil in for 20 missed games a year. And I don't think AD is quite at that level. So it is probably a little bit of one year of AD being bad and Embiid being both a totals and per game beast. And some people have been talking about how a Simmons trade may benefit Embiid. I don't see that as the case because what Simmons is bad at is half court offense and if they get somebody who's better than Simmons at half-court offense, that means Embiid is less of the half-court offense, which will maybe impact things a little bit. But we can talk about that when the time comes. The other surprising pick in the first two rounds was me at pick 21 because I took Ben Simmons. And a lot of people were questioning the pick, and I'm here to defend it because when you take Giannis 4, you are punting threes and free throws, without a doubt. And in a dynasty mock or in a 12 team dynasty draft, Luca goes first. And you know what you do with Luca? You punt free throw percentage most of the time. And so this guy has picks 24 and 25. There's absolutely no chance that Ben Simmons gets back to me. And so we talk about how important assists are and steals are when it comes to the punt three and free throw build. And so I took Simmons at 21. He's 25th in my dynasty rankings. So I don't feel like it's that crazy. If De'Aaron Fox had been there, I would have taken Fox instead of Simmons and hoped that Simmons fell to me in my third round pick, but that wasn't the case. So, Trev, what do you think about that pick? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And as you mentioned, well, I'll reiterate it. When you take Giannis, you have to punt free throw percentage. and You're, you're going fighting uphill if you, if you don't. And like, Good luck. His volume is so outrageous from the free throw line that is, there's just no point in trying to build your team up from that. So I, like, as you mentioned, Ben wasn't coming back and that we've talked about it in this build. There are certain players where you almost have to get them. And the main, the key player that you need to get are guards with high field goal percentage steals and assists. That's so hard to find throughout this draft. There's only a few guys in the league that really excel at all three of those. And Ben Simmons is, is by far the best at, at those three categories and given his age, uh, it, it just, it's a no brainer to, to get him on that team when you know, you're doing that build right off the bat. And as you mentioned, he wasn't coming back to you. Uh, so I had no problem with the pick whatsoever, even though it does seem a little bit early when you're talking about a dynasty startup draft. But this also falls in line with our opinion of Ben Simmons being a top 25 asset. And I think that 
Simmons either goes in the 21 spot or the 24-25 spot in most dynasty mocks because of the pairing with Luca or Giannis. And that's just that's just the way it is. So closing out the first three rounds, uh, I took DeAndre Ayton at pick 28. I got sniped. Jalen Brown went 27 right before me. That was that was my target. And I was very upset to see him not go. I didn't like any of the options at 28 guys on the board still were KD, Anthony Edwards, Fred Van Fleet, Brandon Ingram, Kyrie, um, you know, guys like that. And I just didn't like any of those options. And so I went for the solid pick, a big that I think showed a lot in the playoffs and is just going to be generally good. But I wasn't very excited about it because I just wanted more assists in that spot, but it's fine. I know it was a big drop off from where you had Jalen at to having to choose Aiton. It was almost like, ah, oh, man, I got now I got Aiton. It, it's not a bad pick though, especially coming off that playoff performance. Again, a, a player that a lot of people were down on pretty much throughout the entire season until that playoff performance. And it, to me, it's it's not so. The talent's never been in question with Aiton. It's just kind of been his. To me, when I watch him, it's his demeanor. He, it's that edge. He just needs to play with a little bit more of an edge. And I think that'll come with the confidence. Uh, and who knows, maybe this season he, he finds it after having a solid playoff season. And I was selfish and skipped over your pick in the second round. I was talking about not being able to get De'Aaron Fox at 21. And that's because this guy took him at 18. <laughs> he had Steph Curry right there to pair with Trey Young. And he took De'Aaron Fox, which I give him a hard time for. But honestly, I don't hate it that much. Yeah, as far as, you know, from a build standpoint, it didn't make a ton of sense to, to pair Fox with Trey Young. But to me, in my eyes, uh, I wanted to stay young, especially with these first few picks. That's one of the big things for me is, is finding stars that are under 25. That's just a ton of value. Obviously, I know what Steph could have brought to my team, having a, a Steph and Trey Young a duo to, to start the, the build would have been fantastic. But Fox kind of covers a lot of the deficiencies that Trey Young has, and that's mainly the steals. Uh, and I wanted those elite assists, assists as well. He's going to score points. And I'm just a, I'm a huge fan of Darren Fox, and that kind of goes a long way as well from a, from a dynasty standpoint, being a fan of the players you have on your team. Without a doubt. That's something that if it's a tiebreaker, anybody says, well, this player might be better than this player, but I like this player. Take the player you like. You know, that's what we do is we root for our guys. So – you took Fox at 18, which is perfectly fine. I took Aiton at 28, and then you had your pick at 31, and you took Fred Van Vliet, which was awesome. You know, I got to take FVV when he's there in my punt field goal build. Absolutely. So, yeah, I love the pick. Uh, honestly, didn't, didn't even really have a, another guy in the queue that I, that I really wanted. It was just a, a match made in heaven for what I was trying to do. Um, maybe as far as getting value, uh, having Brandon Ingram still there would have probably given me a little bit more value just based on his age, but, uh, Fred Van Fleet still somewhat young. And I think he's in for an incredible season. He was, he was great last year. And I expect uh, a similar season to what he did last year, if not better. 
couple surprising picks in the third round. Paul George going 26th seemed a little bit early, especially because he went ahead of guys like Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Edwards. But with Kawhi Leonard being out most of this year, if not all of this year, and then obviously having the degenerative knee issues for the rest of his career, PG could be back to his borderline first round levels this year. I just thought it was a bit of a reach. He did pair him with Jokic and Levine, but like I said, with guys like Jalen and KD still on the board, even Ingram, it just seemed a little bit early. Yeah, I disliked it quite a bit. Just as you mentioned, just just a little too soon. Paul George is going to be in for a huge year if he can stay healthy and, and if he's not restricted whatsoever. He's going to have a massive year, top 10 guy. But like you said, he, he was able to get Jokic at two. Zach Levine, great pick in the second round. And then Jalen Brown is there. I mean, he's he's there for you. He's 24 years old. It's just been a fantastic start to have those three guys. Uh, it's it's not so much the, the, the pick, Paul George. It was, okay, I could have had Brandon Ingram. I could have had Jalen Brown. And now I got three guys, all 26 or under, 27 or under. Um, and all very, very talented. Without a doubt. Fourth round, I this is what I get for having a podcast and talking about guys because DeJounte Murray went at 39 because Will knew that he wasn't going to get back to him, and so he took DeJounte at 39. It was too early, but I, I like it. I mean, I just I love DeJounte, and he paired him with Bam, Shea, Ja and then DeJounte was his fourth pick. So like that's a pretty good start for as far as a team, just not a ton of value with uh with getting DeJounte at 39. It's one of those things and I mean when we talked about taking players that you like, it's also knowing your league and taking players that you know aren't going to get back to you and and that was pretty much his rationale on that pick taking DeJounte inside of the top 40 was he knew he wasn't getting back to him. And if no you chance. want that player, there was zero opportunity that he was going to get him. So if, if you want him, uh, obviously, if even if he took the chance and you took him, you're you're probably not going to let him go via trade either. So uh, there's just no opportunity to get him. You, you take the players you want, and that's what he did, and you, you got to commend him for that. Matt Lawson was on brand through the first four picks as well, going with LaMelo, Cade, Mobley, and then Garland at 38. So shout out to Matt, who, uh, who, who stuck with his guns for most of it until we get to a little bit later. Uh, you had pick 42, and as soon as you made your pick, like as soon as you picked Trey Young, I could have told you who you were going to take at 42, and thankfully he was there, and I was right. Yeah, absolutely. That's our boy, Lonzo Ball. We've mentioned him on the pod. Don't need to talk about him too much more. Uh, but I mean, him going to the Bulls, it's a no brainer that I got to take him. Absolutely. I actually did. I did consider Tyrese Halliburton. I, I love Tyrese Halliburton's game, uh, but his field goal percentage does bring a little bit of, of his value up. And I, I honestly don't care about field goal percentage when I was making this team. So um, Lonzo going to the Bulls, we have him ranked a little bit higher than Halliburton. Uh, and it just just an overall great fit. Elite steals, elite assists, just fit so well with this team. And, and I had four guys that are, I'm going to be great in steals, great in assists. And I can kind of build from there and get those auxiliary stats later on. So I mentioned Garland going, I mentioned DeJounte going Lonzo just went Tyrese went one pick after that. And then Gobert went one pick after that. And so I am sitting there at pick 45 with all six players in my queue, just gone. And so I said, you know what? 
let's win now. And so I took Jimmy buckets at pick 45 and with Giannis Simmons and Aiton, that is a bit of a younger core, but that can still win now. And so I thought Jimmy at 45 is about where we have him. I think we have him 44, but we got him at 40. Okay. Even, even better. So a couple spots value, but I talked about not getting assists with Aiton and I knew I had to sell out and get assists and steals for the next couple picks. And so that's exactly what I did. I took Jimmy buckets at 45 and I was pretty excited to start a win now team because I typically don't do that in mocks. Yeah. This was definitely the turning point for you in this mock draft. And, and we say, don't, you know, don't, you don't have a plan when you go into a draft because a lot of things can happen. And this is kind of exactly what happened for you. This wasn't your plan to, to spin this into a, a win now team after you took Giannis and Ben and then Aiton. Uh, it seemed like you're going more towards that younger side. And then, you know, all of a sudden you make a Jimmy Butler pick and that, that, flitch, that switch is flipped to, to win now. And uh, you definitely carried that throughout the rest of the draft. It didn't have to be flipped because it's just one pick, but then I picked Drew Holiday at 52, which I was also excited about because like we talked about guards with high field goal percentage assists and steals just aren't out there. And Drew, Jimmy, Simmons are all part of that group. And so at that point, that's when it started to flip. And that's kind of a weird range for you, uh, especially with your build to find a player that that fits your build and is still young. Uh, like you mentioned, Lonzo was gone. OG was gone. Halliburton was gone. It, a lot of those guys kind of got taken right before you. So there wasn't really a ton of options um, unless you wanted to go Jalen Suggs and take that, take that rookie, which I know um, neither one of us are extremely fond of, of doing this early in a draft. Time Lord went 49, which I mean, I don't hate it. It seems a little bit early but again that was at the turn of 48 and 49 and so absolutely no chance that he's there at 72 which was the Portland Fail Blazers next pick so again go get your guy if you really believe in them Kevin Porter going 54 I'm sure you were just just beat up to see him go right before <laughs> you in the mid 50s that is very aggressive for a guy who doesn't have that fantasy friendly of a game obviously he'll have plenty of opportunity we talk about him all the time I feel like so don't need to hammer on that too much, but uh, pick 54, Trav, Kevin Porter there's, Jr. There's, uh, there's going to get your guy, and then there's just going <laughs> all in <laughs> to get your guy. But, yeah, a little a little too soon, maybe two rounds too soon for my liking. Uh, even being high on him, uh, I would say it was a round too soon, but uh, who knows? We'll, we'll see. He's going to get plenty of minutes, plenty of shots. He can, he can definitely change our opinions this season. Uh, fifth round, I, I really didn't know what to do when it was my pick. I didn't have a, a plan. I really thought about taking Jamal Murray here at pick 55. I thought that's where the value lied. I know in uh, texting you with this pick because I had a little bit of trouble with, with who I wanted to go with. We both kind of agreed that Jamal Murray was probably the guy. Um, I had four guards already, though, and I was kind of getting a little bit nervous on on filling out my four forwards in my center. Um, and it just so happened that Pascal Siakam is still center eligible on fan tracks. So I just went with that pick. I, I feel like he's a, a fantastic center for my build. And that's a big part of my build is finding guys at those odd positions, center forward that can still kind of shoot threes, high free throw percentage, get some steals, things like that. Um, and he's a guy that really fit there. So I was excited to get him at 55. The funny part about you worrying about not having enough guard slots is that Jamal Murray would have been on your IR all year. So it wouldn't even have mattered. 
but I do understand. I, I was worried about just filling the rest of my roster and not right. just going 10 guards out there. Siakam at 55 is not a bad pick, especially with the center eligibility like you talked about. And that's one of those things that we need to keep in mind as we're building these teams is knowing your league settings, knowing your roster settings. If you just have, if you play in an all flex league, guards every single time. Don't care. Just take whatever guard gets you the most points, threes, assists, steals, and free throw percentage. Just go all the way down the board. But it's rare for those leagues to be out there. So you have to find those spots of value for positional eligibility, just like you do for draft positions. And that's the first five rounds. So we talked about some of the surprising picks. We talked about some of the good picks. And after the first five rounds, I was actually beating every team in the league, except you in, in, in assist and steals. Um, I would five, four, everybody except you who I would lose to six, three, because that's just typically how our builds clash. And so my <laughs> only thing, my, my only hope would have been to avoid you in the playoffs, but you would have gotten beat by two other teams who would have beaten you in assist and steals. And so that would have been very possible through five rounds. Well, not, not so much beating me in assistance steals, but, but definitely free throw percentage and uh, threes at this point in time. And that was the big thing after these first five picks. It's like, okay, I took Lonzo and Aaron Fox to really establish assists and steals. But at the same time, that, that really put a damper on my free throw percentage. And that was a stat that I uh, would absolutely have to have, especially with more than likely losing turnovers on a weekly basis. So that was kind of my big thing moving forward with the rest of this draft was making sure I shore up that free throw percentage, getting guys that can score points um, as well as getting threes along the way. And my goals for the rest of the draft were to try to keep my assists and steals up. I wasn't going to overreact to what basketball monster said the projections were after five rounds, because that's just not how you build a team. You still have to be looking for the value and especially with my build, I was very light on blocks at this point because I had been so guard heavy early, trying to keep in mind that there's plenty of value late with blocks with guys like Brooke Lopez, Nerlens Noel, Jakob Pertl, Mitch Robinson, you know, just go down the list of all the bigs that are pretty much block specialists. And I was just trying to get the assists and steals early because we know how they dry up. Um, the only thing I would say about these first five rounds is that there was definitely some going out and getting your guys, but everything went about how we expected other than that. I think we were maybe five to six spots off of our dynasty rankings for most guys, which is kind of nice to see that you guys think that players are around the same areas that we do. Yeah, it was not a lot of surprises you know, pretty much, especially early on more than anything else, um, definitely youth heavy, but I feel that's, that's pretty typical. in, in most mocks, uh, we, we saw, I believe, uh, where'd Jalen green go? Um, 51. I know we, 51. Okay. I was going to say we saw all four rookies go inside the top 50. That is not the case. Um, but barely definitely all four in the, in the first five rounds, which we knew was going to be the case in that regard, but yeah, definitely youth heavy. Uh, especially early on. And, and I will say this too, if, if you do decide to compete right away, if you're able to, to grab a James Harden um, or a Dame Lillard, there's a ton of value to be had in, 
in startup uh, dynasty drafts just because of it just seems like out of you know let's say out of the 12 teams that we had maybe two were going to compete right away uh so there's you know as far as the players that they were taking um and we'll kind of get into that more down the line but there's a lot of value to be had if you just go straight bets go win now um for the next you know two to three years which all comes down to value because we talk about it all the time is that you can always get older. And so trying to keep your core as young as possible is what we like to try to do. But if I'm at pick 12 and James Harden is there and I'm at the turn, you better believe I'm taking James Harden and Dame Lillard to Steph Curry. Like there's no doubt that that is the start you have to make because of the value that's there. And then that does get you into, into a direction for the rest of the draft. But you know what? You just got two top five fantasy players for the next three years, probably. And you'll, you'll be perfectly fine because we've seen how much of a premium is put on youth in these startups. And we will continue to see that as we move forward post round five. Thank you guys very much for tuning into this mock draft episode. I hope you learned something. If not, if you have a specific question about where a player went and if there was a different set of reasons or logic to another person's pick, because we had a couple guys in the chat putting why they picked guys where they did, we'll definitely put that out if you're interested. So be sure to follow us over on Twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer and at Travis underscore Fuller 92. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Punt Intended Pod. Check out our dynasty rankings. Of course, you'll see where we valued guys. And then we'll put an article out here soon about where everybody went. So you can see player by player what happens. We've still got some more team coverage episodes coming out. Two per episode. I believe we have the Hornets and the Raptors coming up soon. Find those wherever you get your podcasts and let us know what you think. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you again next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.